0: question upon what world changing revelations are we building this church upon what world shaking world changing revelations is impact rock being built worship we love to worship we love to worship worship refreshes Worship is fun. Worship feels good. Worship, in the midst of worship, we get set free as we experience today. Community, we really do have a genuinely relational and accepting and receiving community here at Impact Rock. We, we talk often about, it's all about walking this thing out together. We, we don't have to be alone. We get to walk it out with people. This church has very strong brotherhood, very strong Sisterhood. Spiritual gifts. Every one of us in this church desires to see the Holy Spirit flow in powerful ways. Prophecy, healings, the miraculous. I know for a fact that, you know, on Wednesday nights, our prayer, Lord, I want to be used in these things. Children, we value our children at Impact Rock. We value them. Safety, we provide it. Fun, we provide it. Christian values through the Word of God, we provide it. These are all great. I desire all of these things. I deeply desire all of these things. And there's no doubt in my mind that every one of us in this place do as well. But they're not foundational. None of those things I mentioned are foundational. None of those things are what a church should be built on. Foundational. We choose to build this church the same way that God builds His. And God builds His church on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so do we. We are laying the foundation of a Jesus church. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. All of those things they're a part of what we do. They're a valued part of what we do. But today I'm talking about that, that foundation of Jesus Christ in our lives, in our marriages, in our families, in the church, our foundation being Jesus Christ. The solid rock. Friends, it takes a large team of people to grow a church. This is not a one-man show. This is not a one-couple show. This is not a three-couple show. Uh, a seven-member program, and 11 random person's whatever, it takes a church, it takes a team of people, all with one mind, all with one accord, all with one heart, to grow a church. If you don't believe me, go back to the second chapter of Acts and see this mass gathering of people in one heart, in one accord, on the verge of the the church being birthed. All of us are needed, but we need to be on the exact same page about what we are laying the foundation of this church upon and who makes it grow. 1 Corinthians 3, verses 7 through 11. I'm going to read that in a moment. We're going to, we're going to be in the book of Colossians. So if you want to open, we'll be in Colossians 1. We'll flip Colossians 2 back to, to 1, back to 2. But we're going to start in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 7 it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering what's important is that god makes the seed grow the one who plants and the one who water they work together for the same purpose and both will be rewarded for their own hard work for we are god's workers we are both god's workers and you are god's field You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. Listen to this. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we have already laid Jesus Christ whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Friends, Paul would not give this admonition if it wasn't a temptation for the church. If it wasn't a possibility that we can lay a foundation other than Jesus. It might be a no-brainer. We might think, church... Jesus. That's the foundation. It's supposed to be the foundation. But here, Paul is warning us, saying, be careful. Don't lay any foundation other than that one that's already laid in us Jesus Christ. There is no revelation other than Jesus Christ for us. If it's not Jesus through and through, if it's not saturated with Jesus, if it's not Jesus through and through, it is not worth our time. If we look and we see that the spiritual foundation of our lives, or in any way in this church, has been built upon something else, let's rip it out, and let's just pour Jesus into it. Let's pour Jesus into it. If you continue to read in First Corinthians three, it says, Hey, in upon building, you know, we add these ornate things, we add gold, we add silver, we add all these things. But then it says, in the end, they will all be tested by fire. They'll be tested by fire. And those things that are not of true worth will burn away. We have to build our foundation upon Jesus Christ. When we talk about what the Lord is doing in our lives, it's Jesus Christ. When we talk about what the Lord is doing in this church, it's Jesus Christ. When we open the Word of God and we get revelation, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Old Testament, Jesus Christ. New Testament, Jesus Christ. For us, there is no revelation other than Jesus Christ. And there is no revelation other than Christ for the world either. If it's not Jesus through and through, then what we're taking to the world doesn't heal. If it's not Jesus Christ, whatever revelation we want to take to the world doesn't save, it doesn't deliver, it doesn't set free. Jesus. This should be a no-kidding mark kind of message. But unfortunately, in this time we're living in, this is a foundational truth that we better be secure in. It is Jesus and Jesus only. The book of Colossians is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I love Colossians. I was showing Greg before the service. Colossians 1. Almost the entire book is highlighted. Different colors that mean different things to me. Colossians 2, all but the last two verses are highlighted, and I told him I needed to seek the Lord about those last two verses. I don't know why they're not highlighted. And all of Colossians 3 is I mean, it's just, it's an amazing book with some really cool themes, of which the, the main theme in this book is the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And in his writing, in this book, Paul expresses two big concerns in his writing. The first concern that he expresses is the enemy scheme of Jesus plus. He expresses a concern about the idea of Jesus plus. We'll get to that. The second is the intentionality of the church. So let's examine that first one. Jesus plus Jesus plus Jesus plus anything is religious nonsense and is false. Jesus alone is truth. In the book of John, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. And that has to be one of the most unpopular messages being conveyed right now. In fact, that message right there is labeled as hateful. And narrow-minded. And, and is, is labeled as bigotry. It's, it's exclusive. Friends, it's truth. Jesus alone is truth. There is no Jesus plus. There is only Jesus. You hear us say this all the time. We look in Scripture, and the Father so exalted Jesus. I mean, the Trinity works in perfect unity, guys. Perfect unity. Perfect harmony. There's no discord. There's no division. The Trinity, I mean, it's perfect. But in that relationship of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, the Father gave Jesus the name above all name and exalted Him. And then the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth of Jesus Christ, who, reflect, who reflects the Father. It's unity. But Jesus. Jesus is our truth. We talk about it all the time. We can't just talk about God. Oh, God is good. Oh, God is loving. Oh, I'm going to go worship God. Because what does that mean? I'm crying out loud, this is God. I'm just going to go, oh Lord, I love you. In this day and age, anything can be God. Any person can be God. Our God is Jesus. Real clear what we're saying when we say Jesus is Lord. I just hugged the chair. That wasn't in my notes, by the way. I just, it was there. It was empty. I had to do it. There is no Jesus plus. There is Jesus only. Paul is redundant about this in the book of Colossians. Let's read Colossians 1. We're going to read 15 through 17. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed. Christ existed before anything was created. And Christ is supreme over all creation. For through Him, through Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. Christ made the things... We can see and the things we can't, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. In the unseen world. Everything was created through Jesus and for Jesus. Jesus existed before anything else and Jesus holds all creation together. Thank God for the redundancy of Paul. Thank God for the passion of Paul to say, let's make this ridiculously clear. Christ alone. And then he ended it with this. Capisce? He was a Roman citizen. Rome is in Italy. He probably used the phrase capisce. I don't know the origin of how old that is. but "capiche?" you get it? Any questions? You got it? Friends, let's live our, our lives with the same amount of clarity. You are my friends, friends. Let's live our lives with the same amount of certainty and clarity in what we communicate to the world. It's not confusing. It's Jesus. A bit later in this letter, we're gonna to go to Colossians two. A bit you know, he writes a little bit while to his church in Colossae. And Paul writes this in verse 18 of chapter 2. Don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial or the worship of angels, saying they have had visions about these things. Their sinful minds have made them proud, and they are not connected to Christ, the head of the body. For he holds the whole body together with its joints and ligaments and it grows as God nourishes it. Friends, it's not Jesus plus religion. It's not Jesus and angels. It's not Jesus mixed with self-denial. It's not Jesus and the gifts. It's not Jesus and the church. It's Jesus alone. Without Him, the body is disjointed and torn apart. He alone holds the whole body together. And it will be on Jesus alone that the foundation of Impact Rock Church will be built. It's upon Jesus alone that the foundation of Impact Rock has always been built for the last six years and will continue to be built. We will never grow weary of preaching the message of Jesus Christ. We will never grow weary in preaching the message of the cross and the victory that came by the work of Jesus Christ. When we pray, we will never stop praying in the name and the character and the authority and the power of Jesus Christ. The second concern that Paul shows is this. Are we intentional in the ways that we go about building the church in Christ? Or do we just let each day bring what it brings? What'd you do today? Oh, didn't really bring anything my way. But it was a nice day. You guys, a day without intentionality is a day that we miss the opportunity to see Jesus Christ glorified and to see our lives strengthened. A day without intentionality is a missed opportunity to encourage our kids with the goodness of God. To encourage our wives and our marriages and our husbands with, with the power of Jesus Christ. To share with a neighbor that, that you've got, you don't have all the answers, but you've got the answer to this, and that's Jesus. And that the circumstance might not change, but trust me, you want to walk through it with Jesus, then walk it through alone. We've got to be intentional. So back to Colossians 1, verse 9. So we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. That's pretty intentional. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then you will, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Friends, we all learned from Dr. Seuss when we were kids. So I'm going to use a a Seussian mechanism in the hopes that we will learn this today. Growing in the knowing requires going. Growing in the knowing requires going. Growing in the knowledge of God requires us intentionally going to Him in His presence for the purpose of knowing Him more. It's an intentionality. It's an intentionality. I want to know Him, so I go to Him. You guys, we can't truly know God if we're not intentional about entering into His presence for the purpose of knowing Him. I talk about a true knowing. It's like this. Todd Helton. Best Colorado Rocky to ever play baseball for the Rockies. Future Hall of Famer. Todd Helton. Oh, that Todd Helton. I know Todd Helton. You do? How do you know Todd Helton? Well, one day I went to uh, Firehouse Subs over here in Thornton, and Todd was eating lunch there. We talked for like two, three minutes. I know Todd. Really? You know Todd, or have you met Todd? No, I, I I know Todd. If it wasn't for the busyness of life, we'd have lunch together every every week at Firehouse Subs. But I'm so busy, I'm not able to join him. Kind of sounds ridiculous, right? That Todd Helton's waiting on me to to grow in relationship, right? Kind of sounds arrogant, right? God is waiting for us. Waiting there for us. The King of kings, the God of the universe, is sitting there waiting for us to come to Him for the purpose of knowing us. And He's available. We want to know God. There's got to be an intentionality in, in, in just acknowledging Him and coming to Him and in communing with Him. We must be intentional about going to God. And we must be intentional to just keep showing up. There's such power in just showing up. It's called faithfulness. I just keep showing up. I keep coming to Him. Colossians 1, verse 23. The first part of that says, But you must continue... To believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Here's some more great intentionality from Paul in verse 25. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church by proclaiming his entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries. And generations passed. But now it's been revealed to God's people. For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance of sharing His glory. So tell others and I, the shift. I feel there's a shift there. He, he kind of sets us up. He's like, there's a secret. There's a mystery of God. What's the mystery of God? Jesus! The person of Jesus Christ is the mystery of God. The person of Jesus Christ is the mysterious plan of God that's spoken about in the Word. It's Jesus that came through one man, fully God, fully man. Jesus Christ. That's the mystery of God. And He shares the secret. Come here. Here's the secret. Jesus lives, and He lives in you. And you get to share His glory. So tell. So we tell others about Christ Warning who? Everyone. And teaching who? Everyone. That's intentionality, friends. That's intentionality that my life currently doesn't possess, but that's intentionality I strive for. Teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect, mature in their relationship to Christ. That's why. That's why. I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works on me. Totally dependent upon Christ's power working through me. And let's just complete this quadfecta of intentionality of Colossians in chapter 2, verse 6. And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Intentionality, we're walking. Let your roots grow down deep into him, intentionality growing in him, and let your lives be built on him intentionally agree, intentionally allow because friends, we can intentionally not allow, we can intentionally not allow we can give God the hand we can we can we can put the, the halt on him we can intentionally not let him and it's saying intentionally let him. what a difference it makes with our hands pushed out to God and then just open to God. Whatever whatever sign you want, that's intentionality, friends. The allowing and the agreement to let God have His way. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Then Paul comes back to the concern that he has about Jesus plus polluting the church next verse verse eight don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense that comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers principalities of this world rather than from christ for in christ lives all the fullness of god in a human body So you also say, I also. also. Me too. We are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. So here's the big question. How do we intentionally reflect Jesus in the building of this church? How can we be intentional? Here's here's four ways. I'm just going to fly through them. Number one, we build a Jesus church by intentionally developing a Jesus culture in our church. How? We repeatedly make it clear that everything we do in the church life is about Jesus. We make everything we do about Jesus. Church, we always keep the head on top. We model that it's all about Jesus in our own lives. As a person, as a leader, as a minister, as a whatever. In every facet of our lives, our church, our ministry, we demonstrate that we trust in Christ and Christ alone. This is a message that that I've had to recently Reagree with when it came to rest, right? Trust. I trust in Christ alone. Guys, this is the honest truth. It's really hard to rave about Jesus if we're not in love with Jesus. It's really hard to rave about Jesus if He is not your life. It, it, as a pastor, it's really hard to rave about Jesus if the church is my life. Jesus has to be my life then I rave about him and it's genuine people don't doubt it, they're like that dude loves Jesus he's a little out there but homeboy loves Christ John five thirty nine. this is Jesus talking and he says you search the scriptures because you think that in it in the scripture you have eternal life and it is they, it's the scripture that bear witness about me in a culture of Jesus, in a Jesus church, we keep focused on the Lordship of Christ. This is number two, by the way. We keep focused on the Lordship of Christ, but we learn from the disciples He raised up, and we continue to raise up disciples, and we give them that platform to rave about Jesus. First Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11.1 says this, Be imitators of me, as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me. Paul's saying this. And I'll stand up here and say right now, Mark is saying this. Be imitators of me, as I imitate who? Christ. I love Tyron Daniel. I can't wait for Friday. But I don't imitate Tyron Daniel. I imitate Christ. Because as much good... As Tyron has, there's a limit to what he has to offer and the wisdom and the knowledge and the experience that he has. And and apply any man's name in that you want. Who's your favorite author? Put that person's name in there. There's a limit to their wisdom. Who's your favorite preacher? Other than me. Who's your favorite preacher? Insert their name. There's a limit to the end of their wisdom, their knowledge, their truth but not Jesus. We intentionally reflect Jesus in building this church by coming, becoming imitators of Christ and growing in every way of Christ. Ephesians 4.15 Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ. Number three in creating a Jesus church and in creating a Jesus culture we intentionally make Jesus disciples Romans 8:29 For those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers we make Jesus disciples. Right now as a, as, a, as a team, right now as an eldership team, this is a big topic. This is a big topic for us. How do we strengthen disciples? How do we make disciples? And what are the 37 best ways to do that? And let's just start cherry picking until we find one that's most fruitful. For real. We've we got to make disciples. We've got to make Jesus disciples. How do we intentionally reflect Jesus in building His church? How do we create a Jesus church and a Jesus culture? We hold a Jesus filter over absolutely everything we do in our church. Everything we do. Colossians 1.18 says this, Christ is also the head of the church which is His body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. Starting with the elders, ministry leaders, connect group leaders, servants, workers, body. We need to ask this question. Is this bringing maximum attention and maximum affection to Jesus Christ? Is this, is this what we're doing? Youth ministry, is this what you're doing? Is this what you're teaching? Is this what you're planning? Bringing maximum attention and affection to Jesus Christ. We all need to ask that question of what we're doing and what we're leading. And if the answer is not a resounding yes it is, then we scrap it and we find something that does bring honor and attention and affection to Jesus. This is a church full of people. Now I love this. is good people. But, but I don't do this because of you. I do this because of Jesus. I trust Him with you. You're not mine, you're His. This church isn't mine, it's His. I do this for Jesus. That His name gets glorified. That He gets affection. That He gets attention. And friends, if we want a Jesus church, if we want a Jesus culture, we all have to adopt that. We all have to want that. I want Jesus Christ to be glorified above all. I want Jesus Christ to receive the affection and honor above all. That was the Father's heart. That's that's my son. Look at my son. I give my son all things. The Father's heart was that Jesus receive all affection, all glory. Now, the son turned around and just deferred it back to the Father. And then the son started talking about the Holy Spirit. He's so awesome. I can't wait till he comes. You're going to be blown away. And then the Holy Spirit comes. He's like, no, no, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. But that's what we should do, guys. We're not in this to bring attention and affection to Impact Rock Church. We're not in this to bring attention and affection to you or to me or to our amazing worship or to our amazing amazing teaching or to our amazing ability to lead. We're here for Jesus. Why are we in this? Christ alone. There is no Jesus plus. We are in this for Christ alone. I am in this for Christ alone. And friends, if we're in this for any other thing than Christ alone, there needs to be a scrapping of something and a clinging to the cross. Because we do this for Christ alone in Christ alone.